With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. All right, welcome back. Crossover NBA podcast. It is the Friday edition, which is usually reserved for Howard Beck. Not this week. This week, I have an extended interview with Jerry Colangelo, the outgoing managing director of USA Basketball, who completes his tour as the boss of USA Basketball after this year's Olympics. It has been quite the journey for Colangelo, who took over a team that was basically at rock bottom brought it back to glory, and now is leaving it in... I don't know what kind of condition he's leaving it in right now. We get into everything with Jerry, from his taking the job to his early steps on the job. Some great stories shared by a basketball lifer. As always, best way to support this podcast, get over to Apple Podcasts, post a comment, leave a rating. It's simple, it's easy, it's free. It's the best way to make sure that we keep doing this podcast week after week. That's it. All right, on to my conversation with Jerry Colangelo. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. So, Jerry, 16 years coming to an end at the end of this Olympic cycle. How would you describe this whole experience, if you could sum it up? Well, I've loved every minute of it. Um, whenever you have a chance to, uh, to build something or rebuild something, um, it's, yes, challenging, but if you're competitive and you have it in, inside you to want to do something like that, that's what happened with me when I was asked to uh, take over USA Basketball after the 04 Olympics in Greece. Um, good timing, of, because I was coming off a year in 04 where I sold the Suns, some a franchise that I gave birth to. Um, for personal reasons, I thought it was the appropriate thing to do family-wise. Uh, I stepped down from the baseball franchise that I started and we had won a World Series in our fourth year. I put 10 years into baseball, and uh, that was fine with me. I had prostate cancer and had surgery in New York on the last day of 04, um, and I was recuperating at home in January. 
couple of weeks into January when David Stern called and said, would you take over USA Basketball? And I'm an instinctive person, and I didn't have to think about it. I said, I'll do it, but I have a couple of conditions. He said, what are they? I said, one is full autonomy. I pick the coaches, I pick the players. He says, done. What's number two? I said, I don't want to hear about a budget. And he went off in David Stern, typical fashion. And I let him go for a while. I said, David, are you finished? He says, yes. I said, it's still number two. And then he acquiesced. And then I told him, don't worry about it. I just wanted your commitment. I'll raise the money. By that I meant I felt I could raise the necessary funds in in sponsorships. And of course, in that first year, we quadrupled what we had done in the past. And it's you've never looked back financially. So um, taking that on and looking at what I felt was a, a major rebuild that we had lost our standing internationally uh, in basketball, that people didn't respect us as much. And part of it, you could see it coming, you know, not just in 04, but going back to 96 in the Olympics and uh, world games that, um, you know, not only did they feel they could play with us, uh, we didn't conduct ourselves appropriately. And so I felt what we had to do was change the culture, uh, sh show respect to the world basketball community in order to get back, earn back respect. And, uh, you know, I had, as it turned out, I had two terrific candidates, Popovich and uh, Coach K. Uh, I made the decision to go with Coach K. Uh, and not ironically, but here we are today with Pop having that opportunity and he certainly wants it badly, you know, winning a gold medal after he was part of the 04 coaching staff. Uh, you know, with the due diligence I, I did and the people I spoke with, uh, he did everything he possibly could have to try to help the circumstances. But it was a matter of attitude. It was a matter of personnel. A number of players had dropped out. Um, and the NBA was involved in some of their young players um, being promoted, and that was LeBron and Wade and Carmelo and um, um, Stoudemire. Those were the four. And I had an attitude about that. You know, I think an Olympic team, you have to earn it. And yes, they were rising stars, but they hadn't really paid their dues yet. On one hand, you could say, well, they stepped up and were willing to do it. That's true. But they were not in a position to be of much help as a result. And so back to the plan to uh, change the culture, um, I, I saw a lot of things with some of the programs in, uh, internationally that I respected. Um, when you look at Argentina, you look at Spain, you look at Serbia, you can look at Lithuania, whatever, there are some tremendous programs. And, you know, I respect that. And there are major differences in how they can prepare. And hopefully some of these things are being addressed now on a collegiate level here in the States where, you know, coaches are limited where they can only be with their players like two hours a week. Where other places than America they could be in, the, in a gym with these kids for eight, ten hours a day. So fundamentally, they're pretty sound, and they learn how to shoot the ball, and they, they're sophisticated in their game. So their programs are very sound, and, and, and you know, I, I like that. And so we, we tried to do what we could or I could by getting a three-year commitment right out of the get-go and in meeting with each player because I wanted to meet with them eyeball to eyeball express why I was doing it. I didn't know exactly how many of them knew my story, um, but I told my story, which was, look, I love the game. It's been great to me. I've earned a, a living. I've been in it for, 40, at that time, you know, 40 years. Um, you know, I played, I scouted, I coached, I managed, I owned, um, and here's where I am. I don't like where we are right now. The people don't respect us as Americans, 
as athletes, as basketball people, and we're going to turn it around. And I promise you, and I said this right from the get-go, I said, if you commit, um, and if you're willing to do A, B, C, and D, I promise you it'll be one of the great experiences of your life. And to a man, they would say it was. When we won it in 08 in Beijing, I mean, it was a kind of a seminal moment for me when um, we, we, we win a tough game against Spain. And when the medals are being um, awarded, the flag is being raised and Star Spangled Banner being played, I thought about it on the floor, like very few people have a chance to have a plan, be in a position like I was, have a plan, see it perfectly executed and get the desired result. That was very special. That one was more special to me than 12 or 16. Each one I knew would be different. And I remember t telling Coach K along the way, because um, he said, you know, it's not quite the same. I said, it can't be. You can't repeat it, um, the circumstances, etc. It was different, that's all. London was different. Rio was considerably different. And, um, and so along the way, uh, Coach uh, made a, a decision that he would not continue. You know, 16 was his last uh, go at it. And basically, I was going to do the same. I was going to step down. Let me ask you before we get to that, just the, the you, you've mentioned changing the culture many times over the years. You hear coaches in the NBA say that, coaches in sports in general say that. What did that mean to you? What it means is it's not just about you individually. Um, it's not the me world. It's going to be the we world. Um, you know, I wanted to do things and did, like the names on the jerseys being reduced, the USA on the jerseys being increased. Um, just an overall attitude about uh, showing respect. That's changing the culture if the, if the players are willing to buy into it. And fortunately, it happened. You know, they were, they were willing. And we had some alpha dogs who, you know, helped make that happen. And you, you are familiar with some of the stories from that first team in, in 08 that, uh, like um, Dwayne Wade coming off an injury uh, in Miami. And uh, I was a big Wade fan, you know, in terms of his high school, college, a little bit of the Chicago thing in me and the fact that he was too. And um, so I had a special interest in him. And I kept calling Tim Grover, who was trying to get him back physically. You know, how is he doing? I mean, I, we have to pick this team within a few, few weeks. And he said, well, he's not there yet. I said, I need to see him. So I flew into Chicago specifically just to see him work out. And he was maybe 75%. That was true. And when it was over, uh, I pulled Dwayne aside. I said, Dwayne, I really have interest in you, but you're not ready to play. What I want to know from you, and I need to hear it, can you get ready in the next two weeks? Uh, I think, I think so. I says, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take you. I'm going to name you as one of these people. And now I'm expecting you to. Well, he turned out to be maybe our best player in that in the 08 um, Olympics. He did a terrific job. So um, I felt very comfortable with myself in the ability to communicate with them and talk the language and expect, you know, so we were all in the foxhole together. That's really, that's the culture. That's what I'm talking about. And Coach K is, was superb at that himself. You know that. So between the two of us, you know, that's, that was what we did. The most important buy-in from a player in those first few years, in your mind, where did it, did it come from? Um, it was collective. Mm -hmm. It really was. First player I met with, coincidentally, was Carmelo, only because I was going east and I was going to be in Washington 
and they he was with Denver, and there was a, they had a game there, staying at the same hotel, and I had breakfast with them. And a lot of basketball, a lot of guys in the league said no on Carmelo. They said no before I had this meeting. So, and I told them that. I said, I just want you to know, that's where you are right now. And that's got to change. And so I'm, I just want you to know I'm going to be watching you intently all year. He called me three times. How do you think I'm doing? You know, so everyone has a button. You have to know how, how to reach some. Some people need a pat in the back. Some need a kick, as you know. And so you need to read your people. So that was the first one. I remember the meeting with LeBron. Um, I was at the Water Tower Inn, um, the Hyatt, Park Hyatt. He changed his name to the Park Hyatt. He was at uh, the Ritz-Carlton in Chicago, across the street. And we had a 9 o'clock appointment at the Ritz-Carlton. And I was going to meet him right outside the elevators. One minute to 9, door opens, and out walks LeBron. I mean, very prompt. And I was about halfway through. I was saying, he says, look, I'm in. I'm in. And players talk to one another. They do. You know, they share. And so that was, that was a big buy-in. Um, Kobe. Kobe was a guy that um, had never played for USA Basketball. And a few days after he had his 83 or 81, I can't remember. 81. 81. They're in Phoenix, and he's in my office. And I, I was going to put him on. And I said, Kobe, um, what if I told you I wanted to, you to change your role if you were going to play with us? He says, what do you mean? I said, well, maybe we want you to be a distributor rather than a scorer. And he said, I'll do whatever you want me to do because I just want to be part of it. Pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. And then his story, of course, is he shows up at training camp like three days early, and he's there working out twice a day on his own. And his first workout in the morning was like a 5.30 or something in the weight room. And as players came in, they followed him. I don't think any of them really had that kind of a schedule. So he, he showed leadership just by demonstrating it. And then the first day of, of scrimmage, the ball went up, loose ball. He's diving headfirst on the floor uh, for the loose ball. Again, showing leadership. And, of course, he and Wade in the, in the last minute or two of the Spain game brought home the win. Um, so there's a lot of stories about, you know, most every every one of them. And it just kind of, if you've got that culture, if you've got that thing working, the mojo or whatever the heck it is, a lot of good good stuff happens. Was it, was there a point in those first few years where you were really concerned that it wasn't going to come together the way it did in 2008? You couldn't help but wonder about that, but yet, you know, felt it was interesting. Uh, in 2010, we had the World Games in um, Istanbul. None of the 12 players who were on the Olympic team participated. We had 12 other players, a lot of young ones. And from that roster, I think four of them became MVPs. That's an amazing number when you think about it, which illustrated the depth we have, you know, in America, in terms of basketball. Um, Westbrook, Curry, Rose. Um, Durant was there. Durant, too. Kevin Love, who was a young Kevin Love at the time, etc. Then we had some veterans, uh, Chauncey. Um, I'm forgetting a couple of them, a couple of bigs. Mm -hmm. But... But it was such a, it was a fun, fun time. Just a, and I'll say this about Westbrook. Um, you know, he, he was kind of a loose cannon as a player, as a young player in particular. Uh, and I'm saying that in a, in a positive way. Um, and so what I saw was every morning or every day we had a meeting. He was always the first one in the meeting room. 
He always sat in the same seat in the second row. Very attentive. You know, he always had eye contact. And so, you know, I fell in love with the guy because, you know, in my vernacular, I would say something like, um, if you're going to war, you want a guy like him in the foxhole next to you. And that's how I was kind of looking at things. Anyway, so we win. We beat um, uh, we beat Turkey in the championship game. And then in the media mix, they're asking me, somebody said, well, you won the Olympics with 12 other guys, and now you just won the Worlds with a different 12. Who's going to represent USA in the games in London? And I said, well... We're going to have a scrimmage, one team versus the other, and the winner goes to London. And many of them thought I was serious, <laughs> but I was just, you know, trying to be funny. It would have been the greatest scrimmage. It would have been up there with the '92 scrimmages, yeah. maybe. So, um, of course, that didn't happen. Then I said, it probably will be a squad that split, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it was—six and six in twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but time... It must, just to add to that, it must have been... I mean, there must have been a point where you were trying to sell guys on USA Basketball, and it became guys coming to you, being like, I yeah. want to play for USA Basketball. No, no, for sure that happened. Mm-hmm. For sure that happened. So the the work that had to be done to put together a squad for 08 was the real, mm-hmm. the real thing. You know, in 06, excuse me, right after we had uh, taken over... We played in Japan in the Worlds, and we lost to Greece. And, you know, it's so easy to say, well, that was a good thing because you learn from that kind of an experience and to prevent it from ever happening again, etc. All I know is when it happened, it, it was a shocker. We had a lot of players, a lot of big names. And Greece had a bunch of guys who, on any given night, that could happen. Mm-hmm. And the stars were aligned for them, for sure. They hit their shots. Their high pick and roll was a killer for us. Uh, We missed our free throws. The 40-minute game really played a role rather than a 48-minute because you didn't have time to get that other run. There's runs in every game, as you know, but 40 minutes cuts that Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And I refused to look... You know, Coach K coming off the floor looks at me, and I'm at on the corner of the floor, and, and he says, "I'm sorry." I, I'm, I, he was apologizing to me. I said, "Coach, stop it." You know, so we we lost. We're going to learn from it. We will learn from this. And it took me a year and a half before I would even look at the tape because hmm. I knew how bad it would. You know, it would just you know eat eat me up inside. And so we got over it and got ready for 08, and things worked out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Year and a half to even look at mm-hmm. that game yeah. against Greece. Mm-hmm. When you did finally look at it, what did you think? I was on a flight to Beijing <laughs> to look at things before we got there. Is it possible to learn from it then if you... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just upset. Yeah, okay. No, we had to learn how to how to defend the high pick and roll. Yeah. We did a poor job. In the, not that that was the deciding thing about the game. It was a combination of things that I, that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think, so back to your original question. All of those things, all of the experiences, all of the relationships, um, it was great. It was wonderful. Um, and back then to 16, when Coach K was, uh, I knew that was his last run, I had planned to step down. Mm-hmm. And um, But I also wanted to name the next guy before we even got to Rio, just to put it to rest so I wouldn't be, I didn't want the focus on who's going to be next. Let's just, the focus should have had to be on the 16 Olympics. And so Pop and I had had somewhat of a strained relationship. Yes, we were competitive. Yes, San Antonio and Phoenix. Yes, all of those. But it goes back to the selection of Coach K and not him, where I said something to the effect that I didn't really feel it when I spoke with with Pop. That really was upsetting to him. He wrote me a long letter and you know, I got back to him. I said, I apologize. I was, didn't have any intent, except I didn't feel it. And um, so it was a strained relationship. But when it was time, who would be the next guy? Pop was the guy I wanted. And I called him. And it was a little strained at first, but it worked out okay in terms of the conversation. And then he told me he was going to be in Carmel uh, for a retreat with his staff, and I had a home, still do, right down the street from um, the place he was going to be staying at. And I said, well, why don't we get together and have lunch? And we did. By the time lunch was over, everything had been put to bed. Everything had was buried. And he said, um, I'm inclined to, to do it, but I want to just sleep on it. I'll get back to you in a couple of days. I said, that's fine. So he called me and he said, Jerry, I will do it, but I have one condition. So what's that? He said that you stay. And that's the reason I stayed. And so, of course, it's become a, an extended time period because of COVID and all the things that, that have happened. But um, I'm glad I did. Um, I want to see this through. Um, I think it's important to a lot of people to um, to win. It's all about winning a gold medal. Um, and it's hard to put into words what it really means to someone who truly believes that to represent your country in this crazy world means something. And it certainly does to me. And so I, I'm very um, proud of the fact that we've I had the opportunity, and um, and and in some ways it's a little bit sad, you know, when you when you step away or step aside. But when you get to be the age that I am, it's you know people do step aside, and for a couple of reasons. One is it's time for someone else, um, and I feel that way. And, you know, in the selection of Grand Hill, 
he checks all the boxes. He's a terrific guy. He's a former great player. He's a, you know, was an Olympian. He's, um, he knows. Well, talk, talk to me about that because Grant has a lot of things going for him. He, he comes from a completely different um, background in terms of you were a general manager. Like you were a management guy going into this. Grant really has never been necessarily a management guy. Why is he the right guy to assume this responsibility? Well, when, when um, Coach K and I started, we, we kind of made a pledge to each other that when we're finished, we want to make sure that there's infrastructure in place that's going to last a long time after we're gone. And so it's a different time. It's a different place. There's a different need. You know, players are totally different today than they were back then. I think the money has had a big impact on decisions that are made, where they want to, um, you know, back then they saw the opportunity to get exposure. They were selling shoes. They were doing, now the money's so big. The, the salaries themselves have to be three, four times what it was back then. I'm just saying that's one factor. So, no, I, I, no one could have replaced me with me. You know, it's going to be somebody else who has attributes and maybe some not so many great attributes. Who knows? But you do the best you can. And, you know, he seemed to be a guy uh, because of his presence and the respect players have for him. And he, he's, he was around here, you know, this, this past week spending time and we've spoken in the past about a lot of things but he's not going to try to replicate me he's he's watching and seeing and being told what i did but that was me and he made you know the the jury's out until he's he's had a couple of runs you know let's see how he does i'm i'm pulling for him and i'm available to help you have any regrets About this? About the, like if you look back, would you do anything differently in the last 16 years? Um, I guess some people might, uh, might say there should have been a player or two that could have been on a roster and wasn't. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the results. And if you win, um, you had to be doing something right. Maybe not perfect. I'm not perfect. Um, I'm proud of the record. I'm proud of how we represented the country. Um, and so, you know, some people ask me that question about baseball, by the way, um, because I had a partner. You know, it's interesting. You got a minute and I'll tell you the story. Please. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, I didn't seek baseball. People in Phoenix came to me, you know, a member of the Board of Supervisors, uh, Jim Bruner, and Joe Gargiola Jr., who was a practicing attorney, he had represented a lot of players. His dad also lived in Phoenix, Joe Sr. And this was right after the 93 playoffs with the Bulls. We had a big parade downtown, 300,000 people in 110-degree heat, kind of a love-in. And a day or two later, they came to see me. And they said, you know, we think baseball's ready for Phoenix. I said, and you're the guy who could make it happen. I said, look, my plate is full. I'm not so sure about baseball, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I just put it off. And they finally talked me into at least taking a look. So I called some people in baseball that I knew. I just wanted to, I had my own opinion of where things were. Collective bargaining-wise, it was atrocious. So I spoke to Steinbrenner, who I knew, to Jerry uh, Reinsdorf, to Bud Selig, who was in Milwaukee at the time as an owner. And they all were pushing, we want you to go for it. We want you to do it. So, well, I'm just exploring. Then, then Don Fair, who was the head of the union, players union, his parents lived, uh, retired, lived in uh, Arizona. And I spent about six hours with him one day in my office, just picking his brain. Then I read a book by John Hellyer, who used to write for the Wall Street Journal. And his book was called Lords of the Realm. And it was really a, a primer on collective bargaining in baseball. After having read that book, I knew exactly why 
baseball was in trouble because the owners had lost every negotiating situation that they are, they ever had. But then, my at the end of the day, as the more I looked at it, I said, you know, I think it's tur- it's bottomed out. This could be good timing. So when I announced that we were, I was going to do that, I had a lot of people call and say, I'm in. Tell us we want to participate. We want to be a partner. So just before the announcement, uh, Tampa was able to get in because of us. Otherwise, they were not going to be able to get in on their own. And at the last minute, the owner's committee increased the price. They took away... TV money for a few years and they got to Tampa first that night at the breakers down in Florida and got them to to agree and I had some harsh words for the committee when I you know was presented with those facts the irony is you know in basketball as it turned out I served on every committee was chairman of every committee set the prices for franchises, blah, blah, blah. And so now it's coming back this way. Um, and so I remember sitting out at the breakers with my lawyer. He's, he smoked cigars and we're having a drink and the ocean is pretty rough right there. And I'm thinking, if I wasn't so far into it, I, I would walk. But there was an expectation back in Phoenix now that we're going to have baseball. So I bit the bullet and did it, but it put us financially in a box immediately because of what the owners had done. Despite that, we had 36,000 season tickets that first year. We did a great job in marketing, one of the really great jobs in sports, and uh, we made money that first year. We were a typical expansion team, and we had a four-year plan, maybe five, following the Rockies. You build through the draft, excuse me, through the farm system. And there's a honeymoon for a while, you know, the novelty of baseball, etc. cetera. Well, at the, when we sent our renewal forms, we lost 25% of our season tickets. That was a big hit, 9,000 season tickets. And... What was it all about? It wasn't about disappointment in the team. It was about it's too many games. So people were sharing. You may have sat a, a row from me or apart from each other. And, hey, how many games do you go to? Well, let's share them. So we lost a lot. I went to my partners. I had called a meeting. And I said, look, I don't think we can do this. We can't wait four years. We're going to have to win now. So what do you mean? I wanted to try to put a team together to win. So um, that meant spending some money. And I did that. Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, Gonzalez, Steve Finley, on and on and on. And four years into our baseball, we were world champions. And so I felt good about that. But there was one of my partners who wanted to be me. Now, go back to the beginning of the story in baseball. It wasn't something that I sought. I did it for the community. I did it because people wanted baseball. And I remember as a kid, before TV, listening to games on the radio, going to sleep. And I was a National League fan, Cubs, and, you know, listening to games from the Polo Grounds and Ebbets Field and, you know, all the old ballparks as a kid. And then when they moved... They moved those teams to the West Coast. I, Even as a kid, I said, how could they do that to the fans? How could they do that? Well, that had a lot to do with me in basketball, preventing that kind of thing from happening when I was in a position to help stop it. So this guy, um, you know, we were, we were going to do a refinance, and everyone had to buy in, all the partners. And um, he kind of positioned it so that if he couldn't kind of take over, then people were going, his group was going to pull out. And so I just stepped down. 
Never said a word about all of that, like in the meeting. No, nobody cares at this point because it was so long ago. That was 2004, the same year I sold the team. And um, so people have asked me that question about baseball. Jerry, if you had to do it all over again, would you have done anything different? And I said, absolutely not. I said, how could I be so smart in one sport and so dumb in another? It's only because the circumstances were different. In basketball, I made something out of zero, out of nothing, because I was the first person to have been a player, not in the NBA, but close, scouting, coaching, managing, and did it without any money to put a deal together to buy the team and build an arena. So you have to be a little bit on your toes to make all those things happen. And so when you're dealt a different you know, set of cards, a different hand, like I did in baseball, I knew what I was doing. I felt the way to protect the investment long-term was you got to win now. And I do it all over again, same way. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Just to wrap things up, the, the where this team is now, yes, 2018 finishing in seventh. As you head into Tokyo, there are a lot of changes going on mm-hmm. with the roster. Uh do you feel like you're walking away with this team in a good place where you want it to be? Well, you have to deal with, again, I'll use that expression, with the cards dealt you. I mean, COVID did so much to so many people. And, of course, we were affected big time. I mean, the compactness of the two NBA seasons on top of each other, injuries, COVID, um, you know, guys a little nervous about playing and so on and so forth. Under all these circumstances, we did the best we could do. And so um, we've got a great coaching staff. Uh, We have a lot of talent. The only question is how much time do we have enough time to really get it together? Three of our players who will be a big part of our team 
uh, aren't even here. And we had to replace some players. So that's five players at the last minute. And so um, we'll deal with it. And I feel confident that we can get the job done. Do you, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong with this perception, but you know, I mentioned you made USA basketball kind of cool again. You had guys wanting to be there. It almost feels like if this team struggles in Tokyo, you'll have A-listers once again wanting to be part of a redeemed team 2.0. Whereas if you win gold, you'll almost have to deal with players just not feeling like it's cool anymore. Like we keep winning gold. We're dominating. It's not that as big a deal as it was in 2008 and 2012 when you're reestablishing yourself as as a top team. Do you think there's anything to that that – you know, that, that make, like part of the job is almost making it cool to play for USA Basketball. Well, part of the job was making it cool back then. But once you're there, and in my case, where I'm finishing, I'm not interested in making it cool for someone else to start all over again. I'm interested in winning for all the people who have committed now. So, you know, I hear, I hear you but I'm not buying it. Do <laughs> you think it's possible to get those three-year commitments again like you did before, or is that just over? Well, we'll leave it up to uh, the next guy and see how he can do it. <laughs> just the last thing for you, the, your roster decisions yeah. recently, can you just explain the, the process of Keldon Johnson and JaVale McGee? I think a lot of people wonder, what about the Trey Youngs of the world? What about the... Well, there are all, there are reasons why other players' names did not come up. There are injuries, there are contracts, there's all kinds of things. So we go through a very thorough examination. See, some people will say, what about that guy? Well, there's a reason why. It's, what, do you think we're stupid? We know who can play and who can't play, but some of them don't have the ability to play for the reasons I said. Um, but let's talk about Kel- Kelvin Johnson. I didn't really know him very well. I knew he was a second-year player, and he had a pretty good year. And he was with San Antonio. Well, he was one of our um, young guys that we brought in. And we've had a number of players um, from the select team rosters who have graduated up. And so watching him this past week, First of all, he knows Pop well. He knows the system well, and that's basically their system. He's a very tough kid. He's very competitive, and I like them. I really it was pretty easy. We're not. We weren't looking for a starter. We weren't looking for a star. That's another thing we we initiated. It wasn't an all-star team ever. It was always trying to put a team together where players complement one another, and we had role players. So when you're looking at this group, like who's going to be 9, 10, 11, 12, they have roles. You know, Javel has a role. He's a rim runner. He's going to block some shots. How much he gets called on, that's Pop's call. You know, um, Johnson, he has a lot of confidence in him. Pretty good security in case somebody goes down or something like that. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a reason for all of that. Is there another project in your future? Um, you know, I'm, I'm busy with the following things. I love the role as chairman of the Basketball Hall of Fame because these are people, I mean, the people who are coming in, many of them are guys that I came up with in basketball on various levels, and it's like a family. It's like a fraternity, and... And I just love being a part of it. Uh, number two, GCU, the university in Phoenix. Um, they named the uh, business school in my honor. Um, I helped pick the two coaches they've ever had, Dan Marley and um, Bryce Drew, who's the current coach. I'm very close to the basketball program. I'll help them any way I can. And I enjoy being around young people. You know, beat in a classroom when I just pop in. I'm not teaching classes. You know what I do at my age? I tell stories. And somebody says, you tell stories. Some good ones. And I said, that's true. I said, I can't remember the facts, but I sure can remember stories. <laughs> so I enjoy the GCU connection 
very much, and the president kind of leans on me. Um, I'm always available to give him advice. Uh, and then I'm very heavily involved in real estate around the country, but in particular in Arizona. So that's enough. That's enough to keep me busy. It always has been. But I am someone who needs to be busy. I'm not one to step. When you talk about retirement, that's not in my vocabulary. I think you go as long as you can, as hard as you can, until you can't. And you'll know. You'll get that proverbial tap on the shoulder. You're done. You're done. But for now, just keep going. Was this the most important accomplishment in your professional career? I did say this, and I'll, I'll make it uh, official again, and that is it's one thing to represent your city, your state. It's another thing to represent your country on the international stage. So it doesn't get any bigger than that. Jerry, congratulations. Heck of a run. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Jerry Colangelo for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And we'll see you next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.